Dead air. Oh, right. Yeah, so... That was Tiny Tim. Yes. God bless him. God rest his soul, too. God rest his soul. Maybe one day I'll tell that story. Yeah. So, welcome back to another episode of Bored to Death. Death. Okay. <laughs> to death. Death. Welcome back to episode nine yeah, of Bored, Bored to, to death. death. Okay, you, why do you always want to talk over me? Damn it. Um, I have to start by apologizing. We have to, we made two huge mistakes in our last episode. Two? Two. Oh, God. The first one being that we never even said the name of our podcast. Oh, yeah. Noobs. And the second being, I kept calling the character from Star Wars, uh, Ren. Ren. Yes, our one listener. Instead uh, of her correct name, which is Ray. <laughs> our one listener, uh, I wouldn't say aggressively, as I, as I was expecting, but. I would call it um, arrogantly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he definitely called us a noob, noobs. So, yeah, but... which is I mean, fair, right? Yeah, like, fire. I even admitted in the last episode, we should not have even been touching. Such a sensitive th subject. Yeah, we should never yeah. talk. We'll never talk about Star Trek. No. Ever. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't want to deal with Trekkies. No. They're too campy. I don't... Stop. Okay. All right. Cut it off. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Bill? Tonight, I am drinking champagne. Champagne. Miller High Life. It's the High Life. I like to taste you're the High Life. You're drinking the champagne of beers. Yep. Strumping on a crescent moon. Oh my god. And how is how does it taste? It's amazing as always. What are you drinking? Um, I am still uh, kind of dealing with the aftermath of our lunch, Oof. and because uh, we had Mexican food for lunch and it was a big meal, and so I am trying to <laughs> to um, calm my tum tum with some ginger ginger tea some, with lemon. Some ginger. Yeah, so I boiled some ginger and made some tea with it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so tonight we are going to talk about the game Carcassonne. 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 Um, however, however you pronounce it. But it's a, uh, it's a really, really fun little easy-to-learn game. And what are we going to be... Oh, so tonight, Bill, I'm going to regale you because that's your favorite verb Yeah. for my segment. Um. I'm going to be regaling you with the tale of Selena Quintanilla Perez. Selena. Selena. I'm okay. going to be telling you <laughs> the story of how Selena, one of the most beloved um, people in Texas history, truly, truly. Um, Even more so than Governor Abbott? Moving on. Um... You brought it up. Don't set me off, okay? <laughs> um, so I'm going to be telling you the, the story of how Selena uh, was murdered. And by the way, like, it's not, you don't, when you say her name, you don't add Quintanilla Perez. You just say Selena. Selena, because she is iconic. That's why I was kind of wondering about that. I'm yeah. Like, you know, and, there's like and, millions of Selenas out there. Like, why is this such like a... I don't know if there's millions of Selenas. I mean, there might be. I don't know, but I've... Scores I've, of Selenas I think I've met one, one Selena in my life. 
So, but the reason I'm going to tell you this story, Bill, is because if you were a Texan, there would be no point in me telling you this story because you would have already known this history. Every Texan grows up with the tale of Selena. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you joke, but it's kind of true. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, we all know the story. We all have seen the movie with Jennifer Lopez. It's J-Lo? Yes. Oh, man. I might make you watch it. Oh, Because it's great. What? We're watching it. Just because you reacted that way. We're watching it, and you'll love it. And you'll be like, wow, that was really good. And then I'm going to be like, yeah, why do you fight me whenever I ask you to do things like watch movies or go to, to, you know, different restaurants other than the one you go to? You're like, wow, that food was really good. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm going to be telling you about tonight, the murder of Selena. That's awesome. Well, we've got a light game tonight. This is a very, very simple game, Carcassonne, and it is a uh, <clears throat> it's a two to five person game. Which, by the way, I want to stop like pause right here because we should be just bringing the game in here because it's that way we can actually see like oh it's for seven and up. It's two to five people. It takes three to five minutes to play rather than doing like ah oh, yeah you guessing can have, yeah uh, just okay, like stabbing so in the dark. What you just said kind of didn't make sense. So what he said was. We should be having the physical box right next to us. Yeah. So as we're we describing it. I can literally read off the box, A, the name of the game. Just <laughs> in case it's like, in this case, if I had a few too many barley perhaps, pops and it slips my mind. Perhaps we should refer to the source itself instead of just trying to rely yeah. upon our crappy memories. So it is a game for uh, seven and up. So it's a good family game. Uh, it's for two to five players. And it can take about approximately half. They say 35 minutes, which is random. Um, I'd say half of it, we played it in like 25 minutes. Like outside yeah, with just it goes people. fast. 20, 25 minutes, something like that. Uh, it's a tile placing game and it's set in the French countryside near Carcassonne. And it is, uh, yeah, everybody. Say you, that again. Carcassonne. Carcassonne. You have to say it with life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, so you, uh, Your mother is a hamster. Yeah. So every game starts with the, the same way. It starts with you placing the same exact Mind tile. your business. Yeah, what are you doing in England? Mind your business. <laughs> so Sorry. you place the tile in the center of the board, uh, center of the table, and it is a one half of a city with a road running parallel next to it, right? And that's how the game starts. You shuffle all the tiles together in a pile or in, in a neat stack, and then each player rotates in turn, placing tiles. The rub of the game is that... <laughs> Um, there are road tiles, there are uh, monastery tiles, there's little um, intersection tiles, and there's city tiles. Whenever you place a tile, it ha- like has to be like. So if you have a road section, um, that is a straight road section, it goes off from one side of this four-sided tile to the other, it has to be connected to another road section. Same thing with like the pasture side or the farmland on either side of that road, you can connect it to... Um, another pasture section, city to city, all that stuff. It all kind of, when you look at the, the layout of the board, when, you, when you're laying these tiles, it, it's kind of intuitive in that, hey, like, yeah, this road that's going to go to nowhere, I, I, I can't place this going against the wall of the city. That doesn't really make sense if there wasn't a gate there, right? And the whole scope of the game is just recreating a French countryside with cities and hamlets and towns and villages and farms and all that crap and monasteries. Um, and placing your and placing your meeples to your score sheeples. points. Your meeples, more like sheeples. <laughs> and you, uh, 
So you place... We giggle now, but you literally made that joke like, 10 times while we played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, uh, whenever you place one of these tiles, you have the uh, opportunity... Uh, excuse me. When you... Um, when you place a tile, tile you then get you to can place, place a meeple. A meeple. And you can basically claim that road section, right? So once that road section is completed, you get to score one point for every tile that that road section cut, runs through. Um, you can also, once you complete and claim a city, you get two points for every city tile that that city is completed. And there are, once you place your meeple there, that's it. Like you've claimed that kind of section or that section of road, that far, stretch of farmland, that monastery, that city. And whenever that city is completed, you can remove your meeple and then tally up your points and then add those points to your point tracker. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, you Every player only starts with seven meeples though. Little little wooden cart out, <clears throat> cut out people. And so you, can, you there is a potential that you kind of have placed too many meeples and now as you're just drawing tiles when it comes to your turn you're really not able to do anything unless you complete a road section or complete a farmland area or a city or something like that so you can then gain those meeples back to then place them again in subsequent turns to actually score points again um so it is kind of like a balancing act between your meeples your roads your cities and scoring points mm. Say something again, just like that. Meeple. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Sheeple. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, uh, the game ends when the last tile is placed. And then for every, you basically have uh, fractions of points. So to score points for a monastery in the actual game itself before the game ends, once you surround that monastery tile with any tiles, it doesn't matter what type, uh, you can remove your meeple and you score basically nine points. It's nine points every time. But, for example, if you fail to finish surrounding that monastery tile with eight other tiles, then you only get one, you still get points for all the tiles that are surrounding it, including the monastery tile itself. So there are incomplete points. Like we said earlier, the city tiles or the city sections, once it's complete, you get two points for every city tile. Um, but if you haven't completed that city, you instead only get one point. Stuff like that. And then you add up the Total of points, and whoever has the most friggin' points, friggin' wins. Friggin'. Frigg off. Frigg off, Barb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's it. it that's the rub. It, yeah, the, it's the, the really simple. The rules are literally on like one page. You can watch it. I watched a YouTube video this afternoon rather than reading the rules. I it have took to, like six minutes, and I was like, that's it? I have to admit, like, so you can play with two to five players, right? Yeah. I would imagine that this game would go by so fast if you had five players because the the like the game ends when you run out of tiles right so if you have five people there's no way it's gonna last 35 minutes like we played with two people and it took us like 20 25 it took us 25 minutes i don't know though because like then people are like taking their time taking their time yeah, yeah i guess I that, that i, that I guess that's true too many monkeys yeah too many monkeys not enough bananas <laughs> is that so, the thing no <laughs> it's it's too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Well, I like too many monkeys. Better. Too many monkeys, not enough chunkies. I'm pretty sure bananas. that previous statement you just made is like not okay anymore. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm the sorry. I'm the, sorry to our one the, Native American the listener. P, the, the, I'm the PC. PC principal. PC principal. Yeah. South Park. Yeah, you're telling me. All right, and that's it. So let's get yeah. down into the nitty gritty. 
there's not a lot of nitty gritty with this no, game because it's not. very simple. The, bo- the game itself is the size of this a, might be of a, a short book. E- this might be a short, short episode. episode. Hey, I'm all right on that. I'm tired. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. You I'm know? tired today. So, we, uh, so what do you like and what do you not like about it? Okay. First and foremost, I like that this game is super easy to learn, right? You figure mm-hmm. it out really quickly, right? If a seven-year-old can figure it out, I mean, that means that I at least have a fighting chance, right? Um, so it's <laughs> yeah, pretty simple. you only lost by 15 points, which is not Okay, a lot. you got, but that's like not fair. It was 103 to you, 88. There, okay, so here's the thing I don't like about this game. There is a, you have, in order to win, there's definitely like an aspect of luck. Because in the last, when we just played, you kept pulling those, really expensive cards the city cards the city, city cards city tiles city tiles that had that little symbol on them what the are chevron, the chevrons chevron chevron yeah. croissant yeah let's Gar- say more french words garçon garçon <laughs> uh more french words mm. parlez-vous français no um but so yeah, th- there's the like a tiles. there's like a there's an aspect of this game that like requires luck and that's honestly that's kind of the reason you won, because you kept pulling those tiles. Yeah. I, I got one the entire game, right? That, and it doubles your point value whenever you close that city. So yeah. uh, luck is great, right? Like, I, I guess all games have some semblance of that factor, right? Um, yeah. So that's, that's like, a I guess, a downside. I could see, I could see um, your sister, like, if this game were longer or like longer drawn out, more drawn out or something like flipping the board. Cause like you would, you probably would keep getting those really lucky tiles. Yeah, I know that. And I don't say that because like, I think she would do that now. I just laugh because you said that when you were kids, she, she flipped, she flipped a monopoly board. I don't, I thought you said she did. No, she left. Oh, she, just, she left. She, she just, left the table. She just she was, got up and yeah. She left. was like, "Fuck this!" Like, yeah, because Monopoly stupid. sucks. Yeah, I Monopoly hate Monopoly. Although that was a fond memory for me, though. I actually, <laughs> I really, your sister probably no, she hated hates it. it. But I loved like my family sitting around, really like, playing a board game. It yeah. was awesome. That's really sweet. I did yeah. not like playing board games with my family because everyone in my family is far too competitive. Yeah. Um, and everyone is. Yeah. angry i don't know so what do you not like about it um so um i guess um or what do you like about it so i like that it's simple but on the flip side of that same coin that's that's another that's like a reason i don't like it because because it is so simple there's like almost no strategy there's like a little bit of strategy but it's I it's i mean like you I know cut... there's strategy, right? Because like there was like a moment when we played that I like turned the tile a certain way and was able to make it fit and like to my benefit, right? Yeah. But like there's only four ways that you could turn the tile. Um, there's so there. Yes, I know there's strategy. But you could have capped off my my big ass city. Right, right, right. So but I, I think there is the strategy, strategy, but there's not a ton of strategy, I guess, because yeah. like you have to you have to handle the tile that you're given right like you gotta you gotta do something with it you gotta play the deck that you're that you're dealt the hand that the hand that you're dealt whatever the heck that saying is okay um other things i like i like that the game goes fast 
I also like that there's not 10,000 pieces and giant ass tiles that weigh 45 pounds. How much do you think that tile weighs? There's a That's not a tile, that's a board. That's a tile. You call them tiles. No, those are tiles, the ones that are over there. Those are tiles. Okay. Board. Well, the the games board tiles. What's the difference? What's the difference between the, a board and a tile? Those tiles, they, they fit together to form a board. That is in a total complete pattern. That is a one-stop shop, oh, sister. okay. Yeah. Well, how much do you think that thing weighs? That you Okay, what we're pointing out and what we're talking about, the thing that Bill is referring to as a table, he made from board. scratch. Board. Yeah. You literally just called it a table. a board. Oh, my God. Okay, so this, this board that Bill made from scratch. Yeah. Uh, how much, how big is it? Three foot by three foot. Three foot by three foot. Yeah. And how much do you think it weighs? Um, I'd say like 15, 18 pounds, something like that. Yeah. yeah. 18 pounds. A game board that yeah. weighs 18 pounds. Because it has MDF on the other side. If I had made a pop, pop foam on it, that thing would have been like an ounce. You could bounce it on your, <laughs> on your fingertips. It's just so. But I wanted added durability. It's so heavy. Yeah, because I wanted. But you know what? Durability. It's not that durable. Like I'm too scared to touch it because if I break it, you're yeah, going foam. to cry. Yes, absolutely. And it's been a long time on that. Yeah, I know. Don't touch it. I don't touch it. Don't. Anyway. No touching. <laughs> but in in right, so in that's... juxtaposition to that argument, I like that Carcassonne. Car- Carcassonne? Carcass- Corcassonne? Car- Carcassonne. 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 Yeah. I like that Carcassonne is easy to pick up, easy to lay out, doesn't take a ton up, doesn't, doesn't take a ton of space up. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I like. It's pretty clean, straightforward. Yeah. Easy to learn. It makes sense. It makes sense. There's not, there's really nothing complicated about it. Uh, or rather, like, the concept. So, yeah, those are the things I don't like and the things I do. The end. What about you, Bill? So, I'm going to go with my bad and that I disagree about the table space just because, like, the the way that you could potentially, like, string out tiles mm. that could go in, like, all over the place. I forget what else other, other game that is like that, but it's, like, we have to be very cognizant of where we're... And how we're playing you know it. what that's a good point yeah because i mean like my road my one road section could have kept coming until it was like off the table edge yeah and you know what now that i think about it oh it was that dungeon crawler game i made with the tiles oh yeah, yeah like the oh dungeon my god tiles and stuff like yeah like it could have we gone should play off that game oh, we for our know. final game of the season what do you think about that we could even like yeah. somehow post pictures <gasps> or could... the napoleonic one Oh, yeah, or that. I yeah. feel like, how many games have you made, Bill? Like, created from... <laughs> two, two. Just two. That's not it's, bad. It's about the cones. You've got to know the essence of the game. It's about the cones. <laughs> I have my very own Ben Wyatt here, people. Yeah. And if you don't I, know who I, Ben Wyatt I, is, go and watch Parks and Rec. And I literally am married to Ben Wyatt. Whenever I get depressed, I make games. <laughs> and I'm just as obsessed with his butt. As yeah. Leslie Nope is. Cube butt. Cube butt. <laughs> Cube butt. All right. So, um, yeah, so it could take up a lot of space. Uh, That's it true. It is a... 
Can I say something about that? Because that actually makes me think of something. What's that? Whenever we have played this game, Carcassonne, yes. in public, because I know we have. Yeah, probably at The Hobbit, I think. Yeah, most likely, because that's the only restaurant we go to. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one restaurant you will allow us to go to. Yeah. Um, I have made strategy-based decisions, strategic decisions, about where to place tiles simply based on the fact that here comes the edge of the table. I'm like, oh, I can't put a tile there because there's no where yeah, to put it. Yeah, like, ah, oh, fuck that. I can't I'm, put it there. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I'm just going to go this way instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's actually a really good point. I, and, I, and I know I've done that. So that's a really good point. Point for uh, Bill. That's fantastic. I think that's like really my only complaint about this game. Um, yeah, it's there's not... Well, because there's not a lot to the game, there's not a lot to say about it, really. Yeah, and it's so what. Moving into what I like about it, it's a game that you can talk, like mm. you can you can definitely talk, like because unless you're like really trying to like win, you know what I mean, and be a real dick, like this is like a it's just such a light game. Like if yeah. you're really trying that hard to win, like you need to be playing other types of board games, right? This is a much more like laid back, chill game where like. You basically glance down at the table and see where you can put it. And if, like, you're running out of options, yeah, you may have to think about it. But if you're deliberating over every single friggin' move, like, come on, give me a break, man. Yeah. I mean, like, like this would be a great game for us to play, like, when Rowan's in kindergarten. Ex exactly. Like, is it's for seven and up, like, you could probably teach it to a, a second grader or yeah. a first grader. Well, I mean, um, second graders are seven, so. Yeah. Um, but, like, even, like, friends who are uh, new to board games, too, I think this is a great gateway game the guy who has a youtube channel i think it's like i think it's named like literally how to play board games or something like that is he the kiwi guy no he's a he's a canadian guy oh but he is uh oh, yeah he's got like black I curly remember, hair and he, i remember you've definitely who, seen me like i know i've seen yeah him. but he was like when i was watching the, i watched that video this afternoon and it was only six minutes or five minutes or something like that and he's like i'm gonna keep this brief because this is so easy to learn his big thing was is that this is the board game that he played years ago, like as an adult, and he was like that got him back into playing board games because like it is for all ages, it is accessible, it's easy to learn, it's the artwork is is actually like, really pretty to look at. It's a yeah. good deal, like it's like a twenty dollar. I was about to. Game or I was like about to ask you how and much. It's it very costs. very portable. Like you don't even need to bring it in the friggin' box. Like you could just like put it in a Ziploc bag and which we have done. Yeah, and put it in your in your purse or something like that, or backpack or something, and bring it wherever you go. Yeah, for you sure. Could play it at the friggin' beach. Like these are like coated. Mm. These are coated. Tiles. I don't know if you want to play at the beach. I'm just saying, like, but yeah, you know, you can play it pretty much friggin anywhere yeah so this was a, that that to me that speaks a lot about how awesome this game is for sure right? and you said earlier that you think that this is the first game that kyle taught us in new zealand when we went it's to that one of game. them yeah i know yeah. I, re I do remember that kyle taught us how to play this yeah. game and it was probably the one of the very first games that i um started to go like huh maybe these board games aren't so bad mm. you know so that's good. That's bad. Uh, again, I would like to remark on the artwork. I think the artwork on the tiles themselves is just like really like light and fun and yeah, it's pretty light. to look at. I mean, you you are like I wouldn't creating say... an idyllic like an idyllic like, yeah. French countryside in the medieval ages, so it looks nice and pretty and stuff. Right. It's um, not super detailed, right? Because yeah. the tiles are pretty small. They're like an inch and a half. Yeah. By an inch and a half. Yeah. Maybe. 
So yeah, that's yeah. Carcassonne. That's Carcassonne. And so uh, that's episode nine. And next episode, you know what game we're going to talk about? More time? More time. Okay. Welcome to the city of the damned. Okay. Oh, God, I can't That's what wait. I would say. Oh, man, okay. strap yourself in, one listener, because it's going to be <laughs> an hour and 15-minute episode, probably. No. So I'm going to be flapping my jibbers the whole time. Oh, God. I'm just going to, like, leave and, you know, yeah, go just get... Come, yeah, just go get make, make yourself some coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready to hear the tale of Selena? How should I say her name? Should I say it in a more reverential tone, or is there a... Yeah, absolutely. You should not make fun of Selena, because I'm not okay. even joking you. Okay. There are thousands, possibly millions of people, worse than Star Wars fans. Go. Oh. They're Tejano music lovers, so we mm. don't... Not to... We don't disparage Selena. The, the, the slogan that oh, people oh. still currently say about Selena is anything for selena jesus christ i'm not even joking h-e-b <laughs> <laughs> in the past couple years they periodically i re- i only remember this happening once or twice but they re- released like selena like bags and purses and cups and stuff sold out within like an hour thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of like the those selena products gone in an hour. Well, I'm wait, not they're joking. profiting off, like, HB is profiting off the death of this the, woman, or all the proceeds going back towards, like, her family or something? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. All I'm saying is that, like, fucking nuts. anything for Selena. Okay, so if I made anything for Selena t-shirts, I could, like, become... Yeah, no, I'm not joking, because right. people, people don't mess around with Selena. So, reverential is the way to go, my friend. And, <sighs> and you'll understand why. She was, like, really cool and, like, okay. a good person. Yeah, all sure. right, so, away... We go. Murder. Murder. So, before I actually tell you about the murder itself, I want to tell you a little bit about Selena herself, okay? Okay. So, uh, Selena Quintanilla was born uh, April 16th, 1971 in Lake Jackson, Texas. She was the youngest child, uh, you know, of her, uh, you know, of her family. She was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, who, wow. yeah, our neighbors are Jehovah's Witnesses, That's and awesome. they are lovely people. Yeah. Um, so uh, Quintanilla, her, so her father realized that she had um, musical abilities, and you will see this in the movie because we oh will be God. watching it. Great set of pipes. Uh, truly, I'm gonna make you listen to a song. I mean, I mean, Como la Flor is oh. pro- possibly her best, but she did release English music too, and. And I'm telling you, I remember listening to it on the radio as a little girl, like listening to Selena. Anyway, let's go on. Anything I don't need to for Selena. anything for Selena. Okay. Um, so her father realized that she had very strong musical abilities when she was about six. Um, he even told People Magazine that her timing and her pitch were perfect, uh, and he could see it from day one. All right. Uh, so. Uh, anyway, like years go by, her father opens up like a, a Tex-Mex restaurant, um, in Lake Jackson, um, Selena, um, Selena and her siblings, uh, would perform at that restaurant. Uh, and she, I believe she had two siblings. Yes. Like she had, 
Uh, her brother played the bass guitar, and her sister played the drums. What, what was her name? Uh, her her sister? Yeah. Suzette. Anything for Suzette, as well. You're being, you're being irreverent. You better cool it. I'm telling you, there's millions of Selena fans that will literally murk you. Uh, whoa! <laughs> you joke. But anyway, so like basically, they become this like family band. Okay. Okay. Selena and her siblings. They become this family band, and her father is the manager course okay so he is always the manager right um so so anyway uh they basically like start performing at like weddings and quinceaneras and uh, fairs and stuff right um and so as her popularity as a singer grew which really her popularity started with the tejano community mm-hmm. much more because she was only singing in spanish right um at first and then she became much more popular later so anyway um as her popularity as a singer grew, the demands of Selena's performance and travel schedule began to interfere with her education. Her father took her out of school when she was in the eighth grade. Nice. Um, and her teacher, she had a teacher who like disapproved of her musical <laughs> career. Duh. Um, she even threatened to report um, Selena's dad to the Texas Board of Education uh, because you know, if you're making your kid work and it interferes with school, that's technically child labor. So we don't, we're not supposed to do that. Um, so anyway, at 17, uh, Selena earns our high school diploma, uh, from the American school of correspondence in Chicago, which I assume she like got through, yeah, the mail or something. Uh, this is the like late, late eighties, early nineties. Right. Uh, and she was also accepted to LSU. Yeah. So smart girl. Uh, she enrolled at Pacific Western University, taking up business administration as her major subject. So smart girl, right? Yeah, um, yeah especially with like an eighth grade education. Yeah. So, and there's lots more to say about Selena. Like she did a lot of humanitarian stuff. She was like a really um, amazing person. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to describe the crime scene. You're question. raising your hand. What is your question? What is her father's name? Uh, her father's full name? Or first name? Uh, first name. Are you going to make fun of him? I don't think that's a good idea. No. Um, Abraham. Okay. What happened to Abraham's restaurant when they started forming a family band? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Sells it. Probably, he probably sold it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> who needs that? Right? Um, yeah. Because she became so incredibly popular. Okay. So I'm going to describe um, the crime scene, okay? Actually, before I give you the details of the crime scene, I want you to just briefly tell me who and how you think Selena is going to die. Because, and I know I mentioned this earlier, Bill knows nothing about Selena. He is from rural Pennsylvania. He is not yes. from Texas. Nowhere So he has no idea even... <laughs> What's going on here? So, if you were gonna guess, how would you guess that Selena was as uh, murdered? Strangled. Strangled by an adoring fan. An adoring fan. Yes. That is actually a really good guess. Yeah. You're wrong, but it's a pretty, damn it. It's a really good. That's a. Did the husband do it? Did is this the, the part hu- where I'm supposed to guess where the husband <laughs> did it? <laughs> you got to say that every single time, no. okay? So, the murder happens on March 31st, 1995. 
Okay, at a day's in in Corpus Christi. I'm not going to give you a ton of details at first, okay? Because I want to yeah, see yeah, if you, you can get it. Uh, at a day's in in Corpus Christi, um, at 11.48 a.m., Selena is shot at the day's in in Corpus Christi. All right. Okay. Um, she's shot once on the right lower shoulder, severing her subclavian artery, okay. causing a severe loss of blood. Um, critically wounded, Selena runs towards the, the hotel lobby, the Days Inn hotel lobby, uh, leaving a 392-foot um, long trail of blood. Cool, man. Smart and tough. Yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, she collapses on the floor as the clerk called the emergency services. Um, right before collapsing, um, Selena was able to name her assailant. 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 Dang it. Sorry. She was able to name her assailant uh, and gave the number of the room where she had been shot. Okay. Um her assailant, dang it, assailant, assailant, assailant. Why do I keep doing that? Her assailant, I keep doing it, uh, attempted to leave in a pickup truck, okay? Uh, however, this person was spotted by a responding police, cruise, uh, police cruiser. Um, this person ends up in a nine and a half hour standoff with police and the FBI. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, so, any guesses? It's not an adoring fan. Uh, I'm going to say her brother, who's the bass guitarist. What makes it, so you say that? It's, it's probably a family member who's jealous of her success. You think it's a family member? Why yeah. do you think it's a family member? Uh, because they were rags to riches, and uh, what's her younger brother's name? Um... Her brother's name. Oh gosh, I should know this. Um, Mr. B. I don't. I don't remember his name. I'm. I'm struggling to remember his name. Ocean's Eleven. Um. Go on. So, but anyway, okay. so I think, you think it's her brother? Yeah, because he was jealous of her success, and he had a fragile male ego, mm-hmm. and so he was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, uh. I'm the real power behind this because I jam on that bass guitar because all bass guitarists are like, you know, you know, they score pretty high on the, uh, you know, narcissistic personality. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just make that up? Yeah, absolutely. To our one one listener. And uh, he's like, you know what? I'm the real star here. I just want to play bass. Dude. All right. So you're wrong. It wasn't her brother. It wasn't even a man that murdered her. Wow. Okay. Any guesses now? Her sister. (laughs) (laughs) Her mother. Did she have a cousin? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you. Her name, the woman who murdered Selena, and her her name is Yolanda Saldivar. Her name was Yolanda Salvador. Her (laughs) name was Yolanda Salvador. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Saldivar. Saldivar, yeah. Okay. okay, so the key, it doesn't matter. She's a she's a bitch and oh. she sucks. Oh, okay. And I have something to tell you about her. So anyway, so the Quintanilla family, okay, who Selena's family, they had appointed Yolanda to serve as the manager of Selena's boutiques in early 1994 because she had all this merch. Yeah. Right. 
Um, eight months later, after this appointment, Salinas um, signed Saldivar uh, as her registered agent in San Antonio, Texas. Um, after the agreement, Saldivar moved from San Antonio to Corpus Christi to be closer to Selena. She's like this really close family friend, right? And like oh, okay. businesswoman. Right. So in December of 1994, the boutiques began to suffer after the number of staff uh, for both stores had decreased. According to staff members, Saldivar often dismissed employees she disliked. Employees at the store regularly complained about Saldivar. Be, her, her behavior to Selena, who dismissed the claims, blah, 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 blah. She starts having, like, a ton of issues with Yolanda. Selena does, right? Okay. Um, so um, by, by January of 1995, Selena's fashion designer, Martin Gomez, her cousin, Deborah Ramirez, and clients had expressed their concerns over Saldivar's behavior and management skills. During an interview with Saldivar in 1995, um, Reporters from the Dallas Morning News said that her devotion to Selena bordered on obsession. Oh. So maybe you're getting a little right. No. I don't know. Um, so um, according to uh, Selena's father, mm -hmm. in January of 1995, he began receiving telephone calls from fans who said they had paid for membership in the Selena fan club and had received nothing in return for it. And he began an investigation. Selena's father uh, discovered that Saldivar had embezzled more than $30,000 right. via forged checks from both the fan club and the boutiques. So she was just stealing money, right? Fair enough. Uh, Selena's father, Quintanilla Jr., held a meeting with Selena and Suzette, her sister, on the night of March 9th at Q Productions, which is their production company, uh, to confront... Yolanda Saldivar. Uh, her father presented Saldivar with the inconsistencies about the disappeared funds. Uh, and basically, he basically said, like, if you don't provide evidence that disprove what I'm trying to say, um, we're going to involve the police. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like, you need to prove to us that you're not stealing because it looks like you're stealing, right? So anyway, financial issues, okay? Um, at that point, like, uh, her father like bans Selena from or bans Saldivar from having any contact with Selena. Okay, so in the days right before Selena's death, Saldivar delayed handing over bank statements and financial reports, like that evidence that Quintanilla Jr. asked for, mm -hmm. uh, by saying she had been physically and sexually assaulted in Mexico. She's like, I can't provide any proof because I was assaulted in Mexico. She was saying she was raped, right? Okay, um, which. Anyway, Saldivar, along with Selena, they go to a clinic, right? Selena's a good person. She's like, let's go get you taken care of. And like, let's go to the hospital. Oh, man. Yeah. On that day, on March 31st, 1995. So she takes her to a hospital uh, to have Saldivar examined for an assault, which she claimed happened to her in Monterey, in Mexico. Um, she was given a brief physical examination by the clinic's doctor, uh, but it didn't include a gynecological exam um, because... Uh, assaults that happen outside of the country have to happen in like a specific clinic or something. Um, so it was suggested by a nurse that uh, Saldivar needed to have a rape exam done in San Antonio for those reasons, right? Because it was uh, international, right? Okay. So after this trip to the hospital, they go back to the days in where Yolanda Saldivar is staying 
and Selena goes with her, right? At the motel, Selena demands the financial papers from Yolanda. Uh-oh. And this is when Yolanda gets a gun from her purse and points it at Selena. And she murders her. Like over uh, 30 grand. Over 30 grand. Wow. She stripped the world of Selena because she was a criminal. Yeah. And by the time that the standoff with the FBI and the police uh, ends, because Yolanda it says she's going to kill herself after she kills Selena. She says she's going to kill herself. That's why the standoff is even happening because oh, like she's man. got a gun to her head. Jeez. Right. Um, she surrenders, she surrenders after nearly a nine and a half hour standoff with police. Right. And by that time, by the end of the surrender, hundreds of fans had gathered at the scene and many wept as police took her away. I'm sure pointing guns at her. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, I mean, this is someone that literally like millions of people just yeah. loved Selena uh, Selena was found, was uh, pronounced dead on arrival at Corpus Christi Memorial Hospital. The attending emergency room physician decided to attempt to revive her. Yeah. Cardiologist Louis uh, Elkins continued the treatment and performed surgery based on the emergency room physician's decision. Doctors were able to establish a, quote, erratic heartbeat long enough to transfer her to the trauma room. After 50 minutes of surgery, she was pronounced dead from blood loss and cardiac arrest at 1.05 p.m. An autopsy was performed on the same day due to overwhelming media interest. Um, It was revealed that the bullet had entered Selena's uh, upper right back near her shoulder blade. And it passed through her chest cavity, severed the subclavian artery, and exited uh, her upper right chest. Mm. So um, her funeral on April 1st in Corpus Christi uh, drew 3,000 fans. Wow. Yeah. Uh, During the event, it was announced that a public viewing of the casket would be held at, uh, at an auditorium in Corpus Christi that day. Fans lined up for almost a mile To see her casket, yeah. Um, An hour before the doors opened, rumors that the casket was empty began circulating, which prompted the Quintanilla family to have an open casket viewing. 30,000 to 40,000 fans passed by Selena's casket. And more than 78,000 people signed a book of condolences. Yeah. And that's just people who, like, showed up. Wow. Wow. Flowers for the casket viewing were imported from the Netherlands Hmm. at the request of Selena's family. Video and flash photography was banned. Um, So anyway, that's that's really the story of Selena and her murder. Um, So here's something really interesting that I've seen circulating um, around my the Selena News Network. (laughs) Um, Yolanda Salivar is actually up for parole. In 2025. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't think it's a good thing for her. No. And I've heard... This is just rumor. I have not confirmed either of these things. I don't know if it's actually true that she's getting out in 20... That, or that she's, might, she's coming up for parole in 2025. I also don't know that it's true that she's only allowed to leave her cell for an hour a day because there are so many people that want to take her out. Wow. 
Yeah. And apparently, this is also something that is not confirmed. These are all just rumors that fly around. That there are people who literally have been trying to become COs at the prison where Yolanda is held so that they can take her out. When you say COs, like... Correctional officers. officers. Like, they want to go work at the prison that she works... That she's incarcerated at so that they can... Wow. Yeah. Anything for Selena. <laughs> Anything for Selena. Wow. So I how, how would. How old was she when she passed away? She was like twenty three. Wow. Yeah, twenty three years old. Dang. I know. Just devastating, especially like because she was like a really good person, really talented, a beautiful singer, a beautiful person. Her outfits were fantastic, <laughs> totally fabulous. And so what I would like to do is um, take us out with a Selena song. Okay. But before I do that, before we end the episode with uh, Selena, I'm thinking uh, Como La Flor. She won't be no Tiny Tim. No, 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 no. She beats the shit out of Tiny Tim. Okay. Uh, Tiny Tim's a joke compared to Selena. Okay. Uh, I can't believe we're even putting them in the same. They are both performers. So uh, that's singers. true. That's true. Um, so what are we going to talk about? Oh, we already know. We're talking about more time. So come join us for episode 10. Season of finale. Season finale. Join us for episode 10 of Bored to Death. Yes. You didn't talk over me that time. No. <laughs> uh, I'm Haley. And I'm Bill. And we'll see you next, next time. time.